we would we would like to start by actually telling you about how a little bit about um, the background and how this all came about. So, Kel, is it Kelly? Or is it Kelly? So it's gonna be me. Yeah. Okay. Hi guys, I'm Allie, and I'll just be giving you a little background on Building You and how this discussion came to be. So, Building You is a Canadian nonprofit organization that's structured around some high school students led by slightly older university leads dedicated to building a free database of accessible and understandable resources for high school students. Um, so, the Block Squad is one of those teams that I just mentioned, um, and we pick topics that are interesting to one or more of us. Um, usually ones that we don't know about, think are pretty cool, and feel could have a lot of relevance for us and other high school students. So we read articles, learn some things, and then talk about the questions we have. Um, so we then see if we can find an expert or two to chat with us, like today, um, to develop a better understanding and perspective. And then we jointly write an article with the aim of positioning our findings in a way that can resonate with high school students. That's what we do. Yep, for sure. Um, so, um, today's topic, um, we're talking about the structure, uh, um, about today's topic. Is that what we're doing? Well, today's topic will be talking about obviously blockchain and more specifically what it is exactly, how it came to be and why it's important, uh, for everyone and especially high school students in towards the future of their careers and what they might want to be involved in. Um, and we started talking about this topic, thinking about how coding specifically, uh, is very accessible and encouraged, uh, to be taught to younger generations because it'll be very relevant in the future of our careers and our lives. But blockchain cryptocurrency doesn't have the same sort of accessibility um, or awareness around it. So going into the structure of this discussion, anyone can have their camera on if you like, there's no pressure. We will be audio recording this meeting, which will be published publicly as a podcast on Spotify. And just given the number of people we have, it would be great if non-panel guests could keep themselves on mute and not speaking. We of course welcome questions from everyone, whether you want to type them into the chat or raise your hand to be called on to ask it yourself. Uh, yeah, so we're excited for today's discussion, and with that, we'll be introducing our guests. Experts with us today from across the world. So today we are excited to be joined by a number of blockchain and crypto experts. We have Mr. Michael Malika. Uh, Michael is joining us from Kenya. He's the CTO at Lecan Network, which is an organization focused on... Um, if you'd like to just give a little wave, <laughs> Michael. Hello, hello. Yeah. My, name, my, name, my name is Michael. <laughs> I'm the CTO of Lecanet. I think we need to catch up more. Okay, Tristan? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, nice to meet you, Michael. We also have Tracy Nguyen here with us from Toronto, Canada. She's a computer programmer as well as a program lead and educator at CryptoChicks, which is a nonprofit that empowers women in tech. Welcome, Tracy. Alongside that, we have Ariba Rajput from Toronto, Canada as well. Uh, she's the product manager at CryptoChick at the Knowledge Society, an organization that enables students to solve real world problems in the STEM fields. So that's so interesting. Thank you for joining us, Ariba. Alongside that, we have Pulkit Agarwal, who's joining us all the way from Texas. Uh, he's a web developer, the web developer, sorry, at Everium, one of the most famous blockchain companies. I'm sure we've all heard of Everium <laughs> and cryptocurrencies, and he specializes in smart contracts. 
Very impressive. Thank you for joining us. Finally, we have Ali Asghar Merchant, who's coming from New Jersey today. Who's a developer relations engineer at Tendermint or Cosmos, another well-known blockchain company, blockchain company that specializes in ways to integrate different kinds of blockchains to work together. Ali Asghar, or Ali, has worked in blockchain for a substantial amount of time. So as our veteran blockchain expert, we'll have him start off the discussion. <laughs> Oops, you're muted. I don't, I don't hear you, Ali. Oops. Oops. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, awesome. So um, thank you for that generous introduction. Um, I don't. I really don't like myself to be called as blockchain veteran. Like uh, I'm fairly new in the space. Uh, so like just getting to, just getting started. Um, so I just wanted to like start the, talking about uh, blockchain and like what blockchain is. Uh, so not going by the bookish definitions, the way I understand blockchain is uh, making maybe an anal analogy with uh, a ledger or a book. So it's like, uh, think of it like uh, I'm trying to borrow like $100 from um, someone. So... A borrows $100 from B and we just write that down. We just write the transaction down. A is borrowing $100. And then uh, when we write that transaction, what we are really doing is we are making sure that, uh, like what blockchain does is it's really making sure that the transaction cannot be changed and everyone is knowing about the transaction. So uh, that's, that's really the essence of blockchain. Uh, that's like, like we're trying to push uh, transparency and then uh, trying to say that, okay, we cannot, once something is being done, it cannot be changed. So like, that's the very high level definition of like block, what blockchain is. Um, and I really don't want to like go into the definitions of like blockchain or like different types of blockchain, like permissionless or like permission, open source or like closed source or like proprietary, whatever those things are. But um, I want to like steer the conversation into the into direction where uh, I want to first say that I want to clear this notion that blockchain is not Bitcoin. So um, like many of us, uh, when when we really start talking about blockchain, we make blockchain as a synonym to Bitcoin or like Dogecoin or any other cryptocurrency, and that's not something, um, and that's something we really have to change. Um, on a, on, a, on a very holistic level. So that's like my point number one, that blockchain is not synonym to those coins. Um, also, I wanted to really talk about uh, different use cases of blockchain so that like uh, we have an understanding of like what is the power, what is the true power of blockchain. And um, like if that's fine, I, I would like to share a use case with, with you guys like uh, what I have worked on uh, and what I think is like really harnessing the power of blockchain, if, if that's fine with like uh, with everyone. Cool. So um, uh, I want to like share a, like a quick story kind of thing with you. So um, in 2019, uh, before like the pandemic really hit US, uh, we had like a hackathon in Harvard, and I was there at Harvard, and we were trying to build something. And being from the blockchain space, uh, my first notion was to build something on blockchain. So we decided to make something called as um, Uber for Medicines. And this was basically a delivery system for uh, delivering a delivery system that delivers medicine from a pharmacy to the 
to the end patient. Now, if you think about it, like what's really the problem of doing it on, on a very uh, on a very common level, on a very day-to-day -day level? So, uh, one of the problems that I could think of, and we we had uh, like a doctor a doctor with us who like was uh, like you know excited about technology and in medicine. So he points out that uh, let's take an example of insulin. So insulin needs to be kept at a certain temperature for it to be able to use correctly. And if we just try to use normal delivery systems from a pharmacy to a patient, it might happen that the insulin can go bad. And then who is to be blamed? Are we blaming the the agency that's like transporting? Are we blaming the pharmacy or like who are we blaming? So let's think like how blockchain can help us in that. So uh, we actually use uh, temperature control sensors, which were able to send data to blockchain and it was being like you know uh there it's it's there the, the temperature is being recorded so now think of it we created a box and the box has like temperature sensors in it and then we put insulin in it once uh we have the temperature and it's being recorded at, at time intervals we would know that at what temperature at what point it got bad and then now we can pinpoint like why this insulin got bad so uh if we remove like the blockchain part of it, it's kind of really difficult to make sure that the information was not tampered with. And then if you take a step back from pharmacy, you also would think that, oh, uh, how would the doctor tell the pharmacy? And we, al we al uh, already have in US uh, like a very tight integration of like the doctors and the pharmacy. But uh, we all hear those cases where like uh, the, the, the medical firms are selling your data to uh, companies uh, for like you know getting those you know getting some information out of your data and then you can think about it like if your data was on blockchain then the data would be secure and you would have complete control over it so that's like my two cents on like how blockchain can be used in different sense uh, apart from being used in, in the finance space so um, yeah so that was like a, a, like the way I wanted to start this conversation. And now I want to like, you know, uh, give it to like my other uh, friends on the panel, like for them, like they can talk about like how they are harnessing the blockchain technology or like how they think that uh, DeFi or non-DeFi, they can like use blockchain technology. Okay, just who, um, um, Polkit? Yeah, great. Oh. Yeah. You're muted. Hey guys, so you know, like, uh, you cannot hear me now. I can. Sorry, it was just delayed. Can you guys hear me? Okay, okay. So I think yeah, Ali Ali gave a very good example. Um, so let me you know like go a step back and talk about blockchain uh, on the basis of something you might know, and it's actually one of the very first uses of blockchain technology. Uh, let's call it decentralization, and that's uh, probably something you guys have all heard about. It's called BitTorrent. So I'm pretty sure, like uh, many years ago, or maybe some of you still do, might have used this uh, software called BitTorrent, and a lot of uh, it's uh, a little notorious also because you know you can download music, movies, and games out of that software. But the basic, uh, you know, the basic use of BitTorrent was a P2P peer-to-peer sharing network. So you know, like let's say you have a movie which is stored um, on like, if, if you want to download, let's say a game, 
let's say you like GDYCD and you want to download it on your machine. So instead of downloading it from their website, you can get it from someone else's computer. And let's say that person, his computer is switched off. So that same file is not just on his machine, it's on other like six other people's machine. So, you know, that's how kind of blockchain works. And now um, let's talk on higher level. Like uh, when someone asked me, like, what's the use of blockchain? You know, like, um, it's just like, does it have any use? Is it just the stock? Is it just like a stock market? I like to compare blockchain with globalization. So globalization, you know, something is something uh, which when it came, uh, changed the world completely. Like globalization, uh, if you guys probably understand is like, you, um, today you can go anywhere in the world and you can eat McDonald's or Domino's, like American brands, you can buy Adidas, like, and same goes like in the US, you can buy Chinese brands, uh, French brands, British brands. So globalization, you know, changed the world. But when globalization arrived on the scene, a lot of people were cautious. They were like, uh, this doesn't sound good. This is going to get a lot of competition to the local companies. So I feel blockchain technology or decentralization is very similar to that because blockchain, you know, there is a lot of reservations uh, around the world about this technology. But I think it's a lot about bringing the world together. It's about building applications and programs that connect people and countries, pe people from countries all around the world. And let me give you some examples. So most of the blockchain apps are global. Like it doesn't matter where you're from, uh, you can access them, use them. A lot of their applications, um, especially in developing countries, like let's say, for example, South America. So a lot of countries in South America are in not in good economic condition. So their currency is they just keep depreciating and they kind of lose value. So what these people are doing, they're buying uh, cryptocurrencies, which is kind of a common unit, a global unit of value to store their money in. And this is just the starting. If you think in the future, like it's again, something which is bringing people from all over the world together. Uh, and as a, I would like to say, like uh, that's where the technology is heading. It's a lot about bringing people together uh, from around the world. Okay. Speaking of um, bringing people together, um, uh, uh, Michael's working on bringing, helping people bring together as well. Okay. Okay. Hello. Hello. I think I'll interject a different point. I, I, I would like to take a different approach. From I think I, I, I've been working more on the DeFi and the cryptocurrency part, but under this perspective, I would like to take a different approach. I would like to talk more about data and content in terms of and how it can be used in the blockchain. So basically my understanding, I won't go into details of how technical blockchain is and the perspective definition, you know, how it is defined, but what I can say, blockchain you can take it to the internet of value. The internet we have now is internet for exchange of information. But blockchain you can take it from the perspective of internet of value. I would like to dive in something which we interact with each day among us ourselves. I think social media. Social media, I think everybody has an account in social media, either Facebook, Instagram. So, what do you know about your data? Where does it go? And what algorithm, what perspective do they bring those advertisements? How do they define your timeline? What do these companies sell? Basically, the truth is they sell our data. 
So from my perspective, and how blockchain can be utilized in terms of social media, imagine a social media application where you are in control of your data. Everything you post, everything you do, you are in control of your data. Number two, you can utilize blockchain in terms of in that part of social media, you can utilize it in terms of raising money, in terms of finance. When you post content in social media, you should be paid. There's a way. Why don't you? Why don't you gain? Why? Why is somebody else earning that money and you're not? You're the one who's providing the content. Another part of that I like to talk about is the part of entertainment and content. Like we are artists. I think we interact with artists. We are. I think everybody interacts with music and something. So honestly, from that perspective, what these guys get paid? Look, somebody can have a stream of more than a thousand in, in a million YouTube. How much is he get, get getting from that? So I think blockchain can be applied in terms of content. So when, when you upload your content in a stream platform, we expect you to get paid on that content. Yeah. Um, is that like? Uh, does that sort of go to the the this, this, this spirit of like the NFT thing? The, is that the idea? Sort of that? Yeah, yeah. The, the ideology being that I'm thinking of a decentralized Facebook where like nobody nobody has control of your data, nobody has control of your information, nobody has control of what you post. So the community, the community, the decentralized community in that in that social media platform, they are the one to moderate the table, the type of content you're posting. So if you post a good content, you get a wallet, a token, a token which you can redeem or liquidate to money, like real real assets. Okay. Uh, um, Ali and then um, Ariba. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, Mike raised like a couple of good points uh, in his conversation. So uh, one thing which uh, kind of you no know, stands out is when we talk about a decentralized finance. Uh, sorry, a decentralized Facebook. Uh, so, like, okay, it's cool that uh, we can have uh, a place where we can freely post things, but then there has to be some kind of censorship, right? Like, uh, like what if so something which is acceptable to me might not be acceptable to you, and then I should be like careful about that. I should be like respectful about that as well. So, uh, I'm not really sure that this is a good use case of a decentralized place because uh, such places like freedom of speech is like good, but there has to be some kind of censorship. There has to be some kind of like, you know, a balance in place that we know what's right and like what's wrong, or at least we are respectful, even if we are not agreeing with the other person. Okay, okay, I would like to interrupt. Yeah, I'd like to comment on that point. So basically, how the content can be moderated is not, I don't really have a proof or how it can be controlled, but I just have the ideology that when you post this content, we, we are talking about a decentralized community. So people, the people who follow that content, the, the way they react, remember your, 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 the plan is to monetize your content. You, you, want to, you want to make money from this content. So if the content doesn't please you, you won't like it. You won't share it. At the same time, the content will get more attention from it. So if the content pleases a certain community, they will adapt to it and they publish it. I don't I don't I don't have a an aggregate concrete to like proof on that, but I think I think it can be done. Okay. There's a there's a there's a platform called minds.com. They they are doing a decentralized social media platform. I think we should check it out. Oh, um, and Ariba, I just wanted to, to get you in there so you can comment. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Mike actually brought up like a really good point that I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on because it's it's really relevant to even like ordinary people who are not involved in the blockchain space at all. And that is um, data and security around data. And one of the main ones that I was most concerned about when I got first got into the blockchain space was healthcare data. Um, so currently like healthcare data goes through like tons of seals. It's like incredibly complicated how they handle it. And there are tons of like data leaks and stuff that happen so often and the blockchain would be a viable solution for like, keeping data safe and also giving you control over extremely personal data that should should have been in your control in the first place. I think that's one of the um, more useful non-DeFi applications of the blockchain that I've seen because since healthcare data is so so personal and so sensitive and since it's handled in such like a non-delicate way, I'd say it's it's really unfortunate that like it gets leaked that's put in a centralized system with one point of like what a few points of control where any person who works in a hospital can basically look at your data and you have basically no control in of your data after it goes in the system. And I find that like for something for data that's so personalized and so sensitive, you should have control over it. That's why I think the blockchain would be a really good application in like moderating healthcare data. Paul Kitt, um, you have a comment. Yeah, so I think I totally like, uh, I really like what Ariba said, like, that's a very good application, because you really need to have, you know, some kind of, uh, uh, like, you need to make sure nobody else is seeing your healthcare data. And like, uh, just an overall, like, uh, let me give, you know, uh, kind of uh, an overview to people who don't have, I, you know, like much insights into the tech, tech inside blockchain. So basically, you know, block the one of the biggest uses of blockchain is ensuring anonymity of data. So like, if you think, just think of it as a black box, don't think of, you know, if you know or don't know how the tech works, but let's just assume like blockchain somehow assures that your data is secure and nobody else can see it. And if you take that as a given, like it has got great applications for uh, decent, uh, like social media networks, healthcare data. And I think Ali mentioned something about like, uh, you know, mon uh, monitoring harmful content. So that definitely is a challenge. But again, like these are challenges which can be overcome because, you know, like even websites like Facebook or Twitter, they have some kind of uh, inbuilt mechanism to kind of uh, overcome, uh, to monitor harmful uh, content automatically. So I think this is just a roadblock. And in future, we do expect um, social media networks to become more decentralized. And, you know, like if you think your data is safe, it's not because I'm like, I'm very sure most like more than half of you, even 75% of you somewhere, your user IDs and passwords are on the internet somewhere and they can be bought off cheaply. I sometimes use something called credit karma on credit karma. It shows, you know, like where your passport, uh, username and passwords have been hacked. I checked once and my i have been hacked 10 times like they found my information on 10 different lists on the dark net and anyone can pay like thousand or two thousand bucks get like sensitive information like for a million people and do whatever they want so like i think here's one you know one great use of blockchain technology and we hope you know like uh, going down the line like we can have uh, more decentralized platforms can i oh. 
I wanna... Can you put the name of that website in the comments? I'd like to check it. <laughs> yeah, put that in there yeah. too. I'd also like to, can I just ask a quick question about, since you're both, you're all talking about, um, about the, uh, uh, that they, you, blockchain, you can see everything, or blockchain, everything is visible or, or verifiable, and then blockchain is totally anonymous. Can you talk about like the, like how that happens at the same time? Someone? No? Ali? Yeah. Uh, do you want to take that? Uh, yeah. So uh, basically, you know, like uh, we can see uh, on blockchain, you can see like people, let's say your friends, they can see stuff you want them to see. And then you can hide stuff you don't want them to see. Like that's how uh, I want to put it. Again, the technology, underlying, underlying technology is there. And, uh, you know, it kind of provides a layer of security to the information, let's say your password, or let's say your messages, you don't want someone to read your messages, right? So it kind of uh, provides the technology for you to hide them from others. And Ali, do you want to keep going? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a very good overview. Um, I, I could like add a few points to it. So, um, so essentially, what we are thinking about is like two different systems, right? So one is an, um, a permissionless blockchain and then there's a permissioned blockchain. So um, think of a permission blockchain which exists like within a company. So uh, for example, JP Morgan comes up with its own blockchain where only the, the nodes on that blockchain exist within the company. So every, every node is a trusted node and we know that which node is what. Right. So uh, that's a completely different story. So there is like no scope of, you know, um, anonymity over there because like we know who the people are within that permission blockchain. Now, if we talk about something which is permissionless, so uh, if we talk about something like uh, Ethereum or like any of those uh, blockchains, what really happens is we have an identifier which we are using. Uh, so, for example, say uh, I'm trying to say, send you some ETH, correct? Uh, I just have your Ethereum address. Like there is no way on earth for me to take that address of yours and to like say, oh, this address belongs to you. So uh, that's where this anonymity comes in picture that we can verify which address it is and is the address correct or not. But who the address belongs to is something like we would like not know. Uh, and that's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Uh, also just a quick comment on... Um, the, the previous thing we were talking about, what uh, Ariba and Pulkidat put on, about the data sensitivity and those kind of things. So uh, I am in complete agreement in what uh, they had put forward. And I just wanted to like, you know, take it a step further and say that why not monetize that part? So uh, we have sensitive data, we have all this information. And then if we take out the, the identifiers from it, so it's, for example, we just take out name from it, uh, we can easily sell that data. Right. So Facebook is doing the same thing. Facebook has all your data. It has data from like WhatsApp, Instagram and so many different platforms. And it is selling your data to like different companies for advertisements. Why not we sell our own data? And blockchain could be a, a very, uh, and blockchain could be a platform where, you know, we, we can sell our data without like exposing ourselves to the public. Uh, so yeah, like uh, love to talk about that part as well. Um, I would say, you know, like at least people should be given the option if they want their data to be sold, let's say, 
because yeah. Facebook doesn't give me the option. option. That, that's, a, just, that's a very good word to use. Option. We should have an option. Yeah. <laughs> Isabella. Yeah. So I just had a question because as I'm being introduced to blockchain and the crypto space, I'm learning a lot about tech, and I'm not really a tech person outside of learning about these subjects. And one thing that I think would be really interesting is to hear about your guys' perspective on not only how blockchain is going to revolutionize the tech industry, but also how it might revolutionize like other career paths. For example, I wonder how decentralizing our data and sharing it between each other might change how we approach journalism or um, surveying communities to find out um, what their needs are and how we can address that in either politics or with different types of community programs. So I was wondering if anyone would want to speak to that. Tracy. Yeah, um, I think a pretty um, like more relevant um, recent example would be um, NFTs. And actually, you can see a use case in music as well, like how it applies to NFTs. It could also be applied to music, but um, with blockchain, because it um, it has this, you know, it, it can track this data and you can't change it. Um, with NFTs, you can hear um, with all this boom, um, you hear about the process of how uh, an artist will create a piece and they'll sell it. And basically, they, they're... Um, name is tied to this piece and wherever it goes, um, no matter who um, sells it, where, wherever it trades hands, um, there's always some of that money going back to the artist, right? The original artist compared to if you have um, just a physical painting, you may sell it once and maybe um, when you first sold it, it was only for, you know, maybe a hundred dollars, but then afterwards, you know, you give it some time and maybe, uh, for some reason that art style just started booming and all of a sudden you know that that painting just gets really popular they sell it for like a million dollars but none of that goes back to the original artist um yeah i think there was the i forget his name i think his name starts with b he's a really popular nft artist he sold his first artwork for like a dollar but then it's, it went off and sold for like millions and millions and he still got money from that um and the same could be applied to say a platform like Spotify. Um, yeah, so on Spotify, you can track the whole process. If you were to link it with blockchain, um, you can track the whole writing process and give credits to everyone who's involved in the creation process, not just the artist or whoever they decide to, to credit. So I think that's one way it could affect people outside of the tech space in the future. Um, Ali, um, before Ariba talks, did you have a comment on that? Yeah, uh, so one of the other use cases that I could think of uh, from Isabella's question is uh, maybe elections. So uh, like we all know the state of elections uh, like in different parts of the world. Uh, so blockchain could be another, this could be another use case for blockchain uh, where we could have a decentralized election, of course, uh, since it's blockchain and everything is immutable, we would know that once someone casts a vote, it is uh, like, you know, we, we know that, that that it has not been tampered with. 
and we can like mix the mix that with other technologies like you know uh, decentralized identity or uh, those kind of things and then so we could use like identity uh, identity management systems uh, where we could say that oh uh, this is ali and i am verifying that with like three different sources and then ali is voting for this person so uh, that that could it could really change the way we approach uh, our election systems as well um ariba did you have more, what, something that you wanted to add yeah i think this relates a little bit more to what tracy was talking about but the blockchain for me like when i think about the blockchain and what it means for society as a whole it's more like protecting the interests of everybody who's not like the middleman and the middleman is usually somebody who swoops in and tries and like facilitates transactions and this could be like any person at any point in like let's say the supply chain and usually they don't have the best interests of the the customer and they also don't have the best interests of like the original um whoever created this content and the blockchain is really important in facilitating those transactions that in a way that actually empowers the customer and also empowers um like the original creator one um Tracy was talking about art and there's this concept especially with like much smaller artists like people who aren't like maybe professional artists but hobbyists where they post like an artwork to a social media and it gets ripped off and reposted to multiple other platforms and because these platforms are centralized and their reporting systems aren't really that good these artists are usually taken advantage of and then mocked for calling out people for stealing their art and so introducing something like an nft or the blockchain in this um in this scenario would take the power out of the middleman's hands because usually they don't make a fair decision when it comes to like art theft or they don't do enough to protect the interest especially the way the law is written with like the DMCA and copyright infringement and stuff like they usually do not protect the interests of the creator so you need to put the hands in something in, in like a system that's not emotional and won't react to like bribes or their own best interest you need to put the um the power of protecting the rights of the people in in the hands of like a blockchain which is a technology that can't really act in its own best interest cuz it's technology you know what i mean can i also suggest or ask that um uh sorry before we get i also wanted to suggest that um uh oh um uh i just totally forgot my point <laughs> but it was about oh oh i know what it was about the other jo other jobs cuz isabella was talking about other jobs this could open up so i know the blockchain is verif would be like verifying so you take out the middleman but does it create other kinds of like law jobs or does it create other kinds of like would there be people that are like like you know how covid created other jobs for people like covid people who had to um, like on movie set they had to be the covid person now so would the would there be like blockchain do you see other jobs besides writing blockchain or writing doing yeah. things like that and what kinds of jobs would those kind would those be I think one of the 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 core selling points of the of blockchain in general and I think what people saw with like Bitcoin a, a little less like those applications but the blockchain in general is like you you give value to the network the network will give you back value. I think that's the sort of the idea when people like work together to try and make a blockchain secure um they they uh participate in the network and since it's it's P2P so it's peer to peer if the concept is that if you participate in the network the network will give you back value. So you're not like participating for free or getting taken advantage of. Um okay so 
on, on that note, um, speaking of participating for free, one thing I did notice, and this is go, does go by, back to DeFi, sorry to say, but it does remind me of this, is that um, the note that, you know, even within like, like with crypto exchanges or with exchanges, which are seem very friendly to me, much more friendly than a bank. Um, but they have little things like, you know, you said, if you give, if you give, you get. And just to have the little they have these little, at least at Coinbase, they have a little learning thing where you learn something about a cryptocurrency and you get a dollar, even as not even functioning within that, like that you have that you even give value by learning about the cryptocurrency is you you've given some value in doing that and you get some value back and that's pretty cool. Um, they don't they don't that doesn't happen at your bank. Let's say that. Let's say that. So Ali, sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good point. Uh, of course, what Coinbase is done, doing that's. Um, but the way I look at it, it's uh, a more of a marketing gimmick to kind of push those different uh, different projects. Uh, so actually, before like talking about that, I just wanted to like, uh, you know, play the devil's advocate here and uh, just uh, like, like, you know, reflect upon what uh, Aripa said. So, uh, okay, uh, I just wanted to like ask this question. So uh, most of us uh, and like all of us from like all the audience would be buying some one or the one cryptocurrency or the other. And most of us use platforms like uh, Coinbase or Gemini, uh, and all of these platforms happen to be a centralized platform. Uh, not really getting into like how they trade cryptocurrencies, but they are like centralized platforms, and we might not be able to like remove that that middleman completely from the picture because, uh, like, for like for any software to be or any system to be like running. There has to be like some core functionality that that kind of keeps everything together. So uh, even if you think of like open source in general, like open source things, uh, anyone is free to like contribute in an open source project, or anyone is uh, free to like you know fork it and make something out of it. But the, the core thing, there's a core uh, committee that remains on that open source who is like the authority who is like uh, accepting your accepting your request. Or they are saying, okay, you are making that request. We will or we will not do this. So uh, we can expand that to even like you know exchanges and uh, those exchanges that we have right now are like all centralized. So really, we we cannot be removing the middle man out of the picture, especially like in, in the crypto space. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's my. Um... Mike, did you want to comment on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to comment on that part about a middleman. So, I think I think the reason why we have the this rapid growth of smart contracts is we are trying to do that part of that job of a middleman. So, a smart contract honors the agreement between two parties. So, if, if it's two, before before the smart contract executes, the agreement has to be honored by both the two parties. I think, yeah. I'd like to mention that. That was my point. Okay. Oops. Okay. Um, and um, sorry. So um, as we go, as we move forward in this, so um, uh, um, Ali, um, did you like, I, or, or an interesting point that Isabella brought up was about the different kinds of, I, I want to kind of go back to the different kinds of um, things that are open and the middle, uh, and also the middleman not being ever, ever gone. Um uh, one, 
how do you, how do you, when, who, who gets to decide, like you said, that there's always someone deciding whether people can add or, or take away. So in that, in that regard, you're never going to have, you're always going to have some kind of um, censorship or something going on. Isn't that true? Uh, well, that's that's a partially true statement. So uh, when I say that we have a middleman in place, so I said like most of us use uh, like Coinbase as a platform for like exchanges, but then there are decentralized exchanges available as well. So uh, we have like stuff like uh, Sift Chain, uh, which is based on like a Cosmos platform, or we have uh, things like Uniswap, which is like based on an Ethereum flat platform. So uh, we have like all those kind of decentralized exchanges and the, the thing that they are trying to push is we are removing the, the central authority from uh, place. So um, actually that brings me to a very interesting thing that I just remembered. So uh, recently, uh, I'm not sure if like uh, you guys heard about this in news, but uh, Thorchain, one of the platforms on uh, one of the decentralized exchanges, uh reported like a second hack in a row uh and the first one was like uh for a few millions and the second one was for eight million dollars and the hacker left a note saying that uh this was like a white hat hack and uh, we could have taken out more money but we're just taking eight million dollars just as a sign of like you know showing uh that we are good so uh if if we have that kind of system if we move to like a completely decentralized system uh, it's not like the, not like we will be like 100% secure or it's like, you know, a magical wand that will solve our problems because we are seeing, uh, hacking happening in those kind of things, in those kind of platforms as well. So it's really, the, the question here is not really like, um, is centralized bad or good? It's more about like what makes a system more secure, if that makes sense. Um, I think... Go ahead, Mike. I'd like to say something on top of Ali, what Ali has just said. So I think we are seeing the future is moving to, they are, they are calling them decentralized autonomous, autonomous organization. So like, let's say whole project maybe may, may, may choose to work as a, as a DAO. That means that as much as the stake, as much as token you hold on, on the project, you have a voting right. So these people will decide the future of that project by the act of voting. Yeah. Pocket? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, I think we might be running out of time. I don't know, like, if somebody wanted to ask questions uh, from the audience or, like, if we should take questions. Uh, Absolutely. I think we. that's a great point. Do you guys um, have more questions, especially from, especially high school student, students, because you guys, um, part of this is um, trying to make sure that this feels like something that you can understand or maybe ideas of how you can take this where you could um, learn more about blockchain or something, but do you guys have some questions? No questions from our high school, uh, no, no high school questions? Sorry, I'm not sure if you can see my hand. Oh, I did not uh, see your... Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a quick one, I'm just wondering, um, you know, as everyone's been talking about today, it, like there is just this big difference when people hear blockchain um, and they're not familiar with it. Um, it's just 
they receive it as like online gambling. And what we've learned today is that it's so much more than that. So I guess, how can we talk about blockchain in a way that makes people interested in learning about like how much, how much it's going to be the future and how much you should really, I don't know, like knowledge yourself in it. I don't know. How, how can we talk about blockchain in a new light that's not online gambling? Okay. Uh, yeah. And let's start with Tracy. Go ahead. Um, I think uh, how I personally would approach it is to go about discussing the benefits of blockchain um, rather than what it is or how it works, um, especially because it does get technical and people can't really relate to it or understand it. Um, but maybe if maybe you don't even use the word blockchain, if someone has this um, already preconceived notion about it, um, yeah, and maybe, yeah, just use different wording. Um, like, oh, it's a distributed system. And um, yeah, it, because it, it works like this, uh, you know, you can't change the data that's put on this database, which can, you know, lead to all these other benefits. Um, so I think if you come from that perspective, because that's, that's why a lot of people are such huge ad advocates for it, because they see like what it can do. Um, yeah, I think that's that's how I would personally approach it if someone already has this idea about blockchain. Um, Pulkit? Yeah, so I think she raised a pretty good point. You know, like, again, blockchain as a technology, in my opinion, is something as revolutionary as the World Wide Web, your WWW. And, you know, like, if you try to explain WWW to someone, you don't tell them how it works technically. Like, you uh, tell them about their applications and I mean today everyone knows like uh, websites are so popular so blockchain I think same thing you need to talk more about applications like you can say hey this is something which can actually practically solve voter fraud in the future and voter fraud uh, voting fraud election fraud is so rampant all over the world like it's one big practical application of blockchain technology and uh, you know there's a bunch of other uses as well so I think Talking about blockchain is talking more about its application than the underlying technology. Like when you're talking to, let's say, you know, just people, a layman, someone like that. But are there, are there um, projects like, like if we are talking about getting like adopt for adoptable adoption and um, for students to be adopting um, blockchain, like if there's no, they can't, they can't even use it as like get on exchanges and use it. Like they're at least, at least in, in traditional investment apps. Like there are some things that are built um, and games that are built for students to sort of um, uh, learn about things or play with things. What are particular things that are used for, um, what are particular things that, that can be, um, that what students could be like invo involved with, like you have hackathons for coding that students can can try things. But yeah, what is there for how students can like kind of get into the space? Sorry, Ariba, go ahead. Yeah, um, I can sort of speak on this from personal experience because I got into a blockchain when I was in high school. I just graduated like this year. Um, but I would say like, First and foremost, if you want to like learn about blockchain technically, there's tons of like really good online resources that help you build like very simple dApps on Ethereum. I think that's like honestly a really good start if you want to like 
like learn about the tech behind blockchain there are tons of like free resources online that can help um it's just a matter of like wanting to learn and if you want to interact with the blockchain space there's t especially like where i live in toronto there's tons of small events like cryptotex holds events as well we have some events with like younger people and if you just show up to these areas consistently you'll learn a lot and if you really want to like interact with the space i recommend like reaching out to people in the space and having like a one-hour discussion preparing questions ahead of time and just talking to them okay um um anyone else with any any questions at the moment no okay since blockchain oh we have one um since blockchain is distributed through a community how can we make sure that the information entered into the database is is accurate Alan? yeah um so i, I could answer I, I could try answering that so um so this is like um okay so when you say that uh you are making a transaction or any anything any information trying to put on the blockchain uh it needs to be verified now different blockchains have a different approach of like verifying the information so uh we have like proof of stake or we could have like a proof of um uh proof of work or proof of stake uh, which bitcoin uses or uh, which other blockchains use so uh one is that we we, we do that like uh, a complicated mathematical calculation to like verify if that information was correct and uh secondly it all also depends upon like uh you know kind of voting so uh like say for example it's, it's not something uh so like a blockchain has say a hundred nodes on it and then we would have like at least 51 or more of the nodes voting in, in that same direction to say that uh this information is accurate now it's it's a completely different debate altogether. Like, how do you make sure that uh, there is like no fifty one percent attack, or we could verify, or we could make sure that those fifty one people are like you know, good people. But then this is like the the whole essence of blockchain, uh, making sure like the peers make sure that the information is correct. And uh, so if you if you try to put a malicious information in between, uh, it can be verified through the blocks before and after it. So you know that this information was malicious and then the, the chain knows it. And then uh, that person is like, you know, kind of punished. And, and um, are there on that same? Oh, Isabella, go ahead. Um, this question is, is sort of related, but sort of just bringing us back more to the topic of finance. Um, for people who don't know a lot about blockchain and cryptocurrency, usually at least for myself i tend to associate it or try to compare it to let's say how does blockchain and crypto change my options for my own financial investments and my financial future i think of it similarly to how i think of investing in the stock market and i was wondering if you guys um had any comments about how blockchain and cryptocurrency is different from traditional stock markets and how its different applications could potentially revolutionize the way people are able to build wealth for themselves or make wealth building more accessible to people. Paul Kitt, it looks like you have an answer for that. Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, what's the difference between stock market and cryptocurrencies? Um, and let me answer that. So basically, you know, when you buy a stock, let's say you buy Apple stocks, your only value is for that Apple stock. Let's say you have 10 stocks of Apple 
and those stocks are just money they don't do anything else for you when you talk of cryptocurrencies many times they might be able to mo- they are more than just store of value like for example we have something uh, called filecoin which provides uh, decentralized storage and filecoin is also a cryptocurrency so when you buy that cryptocurrency you can even use it to pay for storage to store to store your data and similarly when we talk of like decentralized social networks let's say uh, facebook uh, or let's say we have a decentralized social network uh, something like a facebook and ideally on that platform you can use the facebook coin to actually pay for something to pay for uh, advertising and people who are let's say providing their data they can get paid in the facebook coin for providing their data so you know the coin or like the crypto stock let's call it is a part it can do is more than just like a store of value like with the stocks you cannot do anything else but with the coins they're also a part of the business or application really interesting ali do you want to add to that yeah um so uh, i agree with uh, some of the things that pulkit says and then i also like uh, kind of want to differ on some parts so uh when we when we really talk about uh you know those different okay so let's let's take a step back so what is apple doing how do the stocks of apple have value is because uh apple as a company is doing something it has a product it has like some value to it and then because of that the stocks are getting value uh if you think of about like different cryptocurrencies let's take an example of like dogecoin so uh essentially in the background like what dogecoin is doing is it like solving a problem is it making a product is it doing something no uh the value that it's getting the dogecoin the, the coin the, the value of the coin is coming from market hype so uh if you are an investor then i would say that you should refrain from like such uh different coins because uh they really don't add value so you you can anytime uh it can like rise and it can fall it has like no certainty to it that's like point number 1 point number 2 is uh when you say that you're using cryptocurrencies uh, for a way of payment that's a good point but then uh like one other thing is like what value does facebook coin have like uh for example if i like put something on facebook and then i get a uh, facebook coin for it it does not really have any value to it unless i take that facebook coin and i convert it into like fiat currency uh like using some mechanism there is no value to that coin specifically so why have that middle thing in place this payment fiat right uh so i i cannot go to a grocery store and like pay facebook coin and say oh give me like milk i have to have that fiat currency so uh i really don't understand why should we have that additional layer of like the coin in place so my, uh, oh. one thing sorry sorry mike mike just had a cut did you did you ever before you address his that point can mike you had a comment Yeah, I had a comment concerning what Ali has just said about the value of, uh, of the of the coin or token if you are holding. So a little point was trying to drive uh, the network utility of a uh, of an ecosystem of a blockchain. So the more people adapt to that and start start using that coin or token, the more it gains value. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the 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 reason why it's gaining value is because people are supporting it. there is really nothing no project behind it that's kind of giving it the value that that's the, like the point i'm trying to make uh, of course you're like free to like make those choices but then you should also understand like that can fall any time so it can like have a sudden fall so pocket why don't you um add your your point pocket 
Yeah, so basically, you know, same I can say for a lot of stocks. Like, you don't know what the companies are doing behind the scenes. Like, if they're doing something valuable, and, you know, there have been so many stock market scams, like uh, companies, uh, you know, kind of uh, making wrong entries, just moving around funds, doing a lot of uh, shady stuff. And then one day, suddenly, there's share, uh, their stock just nosedives. So, you know, my point is like the same thing can happen with stocks and just like stocks with cryptocurrencies as well. You have to be careful like with what you're investing. Like you have to use your discretion. Hey, like, uh, does this sound like a good choice? Do they have, are they doing something valuable? And second thing I would like to say is when you talk like uh, of coins of platform specific uh, cryptocurrencies, the value lies in uh, the development, you know, like if uh, the value of a cryptocurrency is just not like, let's say Facebook coin, uh, if it's being for used for advertisement or anything, it's also about uh, providing equity to the platform itself so developers can develop on top of that. So there is a lot of uh, potential, you know, like uh, you are, if you're buying this uh, cryptocurrency of a certain platform, it means like you are giving them money to develop further, uh, better their technology. So, you know, that's what you are actually doing with Apple also. Like you're providing them kind of, uh, uh, you're buying their stock, you're showing your confidence, hey, you guys are doing a good work. Like I, uh, I trust your technology, I want the price uh, I'm in. So that's the same thing with cryptocurrencies, you know, like you want them to develop their ecosystem. But isn't the point of the, like, it's a lot, it's a little more, it's a little more trans transparent in, in a way yeah. with cryptocurrency because the project it's it's very it's not only clear first of all the project is not about selling goods like mostly what a company is about selling goods and are those goods going to sell the, a cryptocurrency or a blockchain technology is about solving a particular problem and there and there are it's sort of clearly laid out clearly or not clearly laid out how they're going to solve it but the idea is that it's clearly laid out and beyond that, you have actual knowledge of the of the team that is solving that problem, and that which also gives it additional credibility, way more so than like a a, tra a, a traditional company, which you have no idea is just it's basically just you're just l looking at the marketing team essentially. Yeah, so you know, same. I think like uh, we are not completely there that we can trust cryptocurrencies or companies. Uh, you know, are making these cryptos like, I mean, you can essentially get scammed by them as well. So like, uh, but that's the end goal. That's the end goal. That's what we are looking at. Uh, like, there can be malpractices in, uh, you know, when you talk of uh, crypto companies, um, just like traditional companies. But uh, that's where we want to be. Like maybe in three or five or ten years from now, we want to better the technology and. Uh, like, again, there's a lot of scam coins, as Ali said before, in the market. And, uh, like, you know, everyone got to watch out for themselves. Would that be that a case. possible job? Would that be a possible new job? Like, people who, who uh, like, do, like, detect, like, scam coins and write, like, like, are there people who do that? Like, write reviews of, like, well, this is legit and this one isn't legit? Or are there people that do that? Uh, there, I think there are, but you know, then there are people also who are doing the opposite thing. They are advertising these scam coins as well. So you got like people on both sides. 
so so how do you really trust the person who is telling you so uh, if you consider that this is a job then how do you even trust that person that he's saying the truth <laughs> i guess that's true um interesting um well we are kind of getting to the end here of our of the time that we have asked our guests to come do you get any of you guys have any um last questions last thoughts that you want to um Zukov. I have a question more based on the web development. Uh, let's say I've got a PHP application. How would I go about implementing blockchain in like a relational database like MySQL? Um, could you repeat that question, please? How could I implement blockchain in a database like MySQL or a PHP application? Like, is that a common thing or is there a different type of database for blockchain? Uh, I am not able to like follow your question. So you're saying that you want to use a combination of like blockchain and centralized database? Is that what you're saying? Well, I was just wondering if that's like possible, like or do you just? Oh yeah, that that's uh, that's hundred uh, percent possible. So we have uh, something called as oracles, which uh, like are on the blockchain, but they they kind of you know have connection with the centralized database. So you could think of it like uh, all all the all the hard part. Uh, so all the computation is being done on the blockchain, and then the information is being stored on the the database. So yeah, that that's a very common thing that we do. Actually, we we try to promote that more because, uh, like we as in like uh, like the developers, uh, especially in the Ethereum space, uh, because like gas is costly, uh, storage is costly on uh, Ethereum. So you cannot be storing uh, like a lot of information there. So we just store the value, the the true value. Like for example, used to the hash. Of a function on uh, Ethereum, but then the whole uh, function is being stored on on the database. Uh, maybe like Pulkit can like talk more about it because like he is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think you know like uh, blockchain data is only stored on the blockchain. You cannot store blockchain data on my SQL. Like uh, I I feel it's a hard to combine. But the thing is, if you want like. Uh, it's so you cannot build a blockchain on top of MySQL, but you can. Uh, there are some use cases to integrate the two. Like you can take the data that is stored in the blockchain and transfer it to MySQL. Like store it on MySQL as well. You know, just like MySQL, there's another database you can transfer from database A to B. So just like that, you can transfer from the blockchain to MySQL. But I think maybe to answer your question. The blockchain data is like the primary place. Uh, primary place for that is the blockchain only. Uh, actually, uh, just to elaborate on that, by blockchain data, Pulkit means the information about the blocks. So, uh, mm -hmm. like a very generic thing, uh, what is like on the previous block, what is on the next next block, that kind of information is obviously stored on the blockchain. But then there are like other informations like uh, which are like not necessary for a node that can be stored on a block uh, on a centralized database and then we have oracles who are like communicating between like the two uh, different uh, like centralized and decentralized uh, databases so from software point of view you know like we usually use com we use combination of both we use relational database as well like if you are developing an application we use both of them sure okay super good yep thank you okay um any other questions do we have last questions 
Um, I want to, well, um, I want to just wrap up here then. And we want to thank you all. Thank you for taking the time from coming from all the different places you came from. Um, definitely um, was really, really helpful. I mean, I hope it was helpful to especially, um, um, you know, high school, the, the students here that that definitely don't get enough, that don't get exposure to this, not exposure to blockchain from a blockchain point of view, more from a like cryptocurrency point of view. So I'm hoping that all of your comments were really helpful to them. And I, as I said, I really appreciate your taking the time to coming from wherever you are to, to share your information with us today. And um, I look forward to keeping in touch with all of you. Um, so thank you again. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.